0: Hey guys, Alan and Trent here for the Enduring Churches podcast. We're so glad to have you back with us, uh, and we're excited to be with you today. Trent, I don't know about you, I have a drawer in my house that kind of collects everything, and it's got stuff in there that I don't even know what is anymore, you know. And I so, <laughs> you know, I kind of have that this catch-all drawer, and it's it's the drawer of unused items. And we all have them, right? You've got, you've got a drawer like that in your house, and everyone who's listened to today's they're thinking about the drawer in their house that has all these unused items in it. And you know, God has given us a lot of great stuff, and we're not using all of it. And today we want to talk about some of those unused things that we have going on um, in our church. So Trent, tell us, tell us what we're going to talk about.
1: Yeah, absolutely, Alan. I, that, by the way, that drawer is where batteries go to die, uh, anyway, so that's a whole nother deal. But w- today we're going to talk about um, some spiritual disciplines. And I know that those words are, are not very exciting to some people. But I think that we are missing out, just as you said, we're missing out on what God has given to us by not taking advantage of some of these spiritual disciplines. And, and to be honest, I did not get discipled in these areas until I was doing doctoral seminars and stuff and, and just was kind of forced to, and, and to be honest, one of them we're going to talk about, uh, one of the seminars, they made us spend time in solitude and that was in silence. Oh my gosh, Alan, that was one of the hardest things I've ever done in my whole life. That was terrible, but I've grown to appreciate that. And it has brought me some, some times of, of deep, you know, just hearing from God. So so we want to talk about some of those things today.
0: Yeah, I think that's such a good topic for us. And so, you know, before you think about maybe tuning out because you've heard everything there is to, to say about spiritual disciplines, I really hope you'll just hear this from a pastor's heart because I think you're, you're going to hear some, some places where maybe we have some cautions and, you know some some different perspectives than what you're hearing today. Because I think, I think these are topics that have in some ways become pet topics in different ways for people. And I think we also have to kind of wade through some of the material that's coming out with some of these things. So um, there are some spiritual backgrounds, though. There's some biblical backgrounds that we do want to um, remember. And of course, what Jesus said, if you want to be a disciple, that you've got to deny yourself, take up your cross daily and follow him, that there's a dailiness which speaks of discipline, you know, with things you do every day are discipline. I hope you brush your teeth every day, right? You know, that's a, <laughs> yes. that's a daily discipline. We want to develop some disciplines um, in our life that, that'll help us. What are some other places in the Bible that talk about this, trend?
1: Well, I, I wanted to, let me break this verse down just a little bit more that you mentioned in Luke chapter 9. The the part where it says deny deny ourselves, man, that is something that as American Christians, that never even enters our minds. Um, And so I think that's one of the most important parts of of that verse is that we, um, you know, that we are willing to deny ourselves, put aside our desires to hear from God. And so that that's one that kind of sticks out to me in that one. But but also, um, you know, Psalm 4610 says to be still and know that I am God. I have a hard time with that. I tell people all the time that I'm undiagnosed ADD kind of kid. And and, uh, you know, so I struggle with being still. In fact, if I'm still for too long, I just I got to get up and go, you know. And I have some of my best times when I'm just walking outside with God. So uh, I struggle with that, but I think it's a discipline that I need to constantly work, work on.
0: Yeah. You know, I always remember there was a book um, probably uh, 30 years ago called um, When I Relax, I Feel Guilty. Hmm. And it was it was a book that was cautioning us about getting so busy that we don't leave room for margin in our lives and we need to have room for margin in our lives. And so I think that's a a really important topic. And many people continue to write on this subject because we're so bad at doing it. We are so wrapped up in constant activity um, that we sometimes don't know what to to do with ourselves. And the crazy thing is, is a lot of times we spend spend so much time doing activities that are are fruitless or or empty, Mm -hmm. and we miss the most important things that we ought to be doing um, do, being busy doing other things. So, we want to try to help cure some of those things in our lives.
1: Yeah. Um, we need to be careful. You know, God created us as human beings, not human doings. Um, our relationship is based on being with Him, not doing. Um, we, we, we do things, and I'm not saying we don't do works and all that, but that is always an overflow of being with Him. Um, and so we, we need to be careful of that. To the, and so today we just really want to focus on and encourage you to take advantage of these disciplines. And as Alan said, maybe warn you against using them, what we would say, wrongly. And you can disagree with us. That's okay, too. But um, I know that Alan is familiar with Dallas Willard, um, author. Um, his books are so deep. Man, I, I was like... It's hard reading, but there's some good stuff uh, in there. But he divides the spiritual disciplines into two different classes. Um, Disciplines of abstinence, which would be solitude, silence, fasting, frugality, chastity, secrecy, and sacrifice is what he puts down in his list, are disciplines of abstinence. But then he also includes disciplines of engagement which we would probably come closer to knowing these of study worship celebration service prayer fellowship confession and submission so that's kind of dallas willard's take on some of the spiritual disciplines
0: yeah and i love that i actually had a great conversation yesterday on disciplines of abstinence and i think i'll say that we're going to come up to one of those disciplines Specifically later, so I think I'll save that for then. But I think that that's a really just an important take um, for us to remember there that there are some things that we can give up to get something better. So I, I love I love that one. But let's uh, talk about it. We've got several of them listed here. I think we have six six disciplines that we wanted to talk about. So why don't we talk about the ones that we would wanted to highlight today, Trent, and we'll go from there. So the first one, um, is, is the idea of, of a Sabbath. So Trent, tell us what that is in, in your mind as you see that.
1: Well, I, let me just fess up a little bit and tell you that I have been terrible most of my life on taking a Sabbath. Um, and in my, I guess in the, especially in the last two years, and if you've listened to our podcast over the last, um, especially the last two years, you've heard me talk a lot about this. But um, the idea of, of setting aside time just to refresh and recoup, you know, um, time to be re-energized. Um, and, and Alan and I were talking before we started recording. Um, man, our heart is concerned about a lot of our um, bivocational, co-vocational pastors, Alan, um and how, do, how would they deal with the idea of Sabbath?
0: Yeah, I think, you know, we have to think of Sabbath, I think, in, in multiple ways. For, um, the first of all, you know, the Sabbath was created because God knew us. And he gave us the Sabbath because he knew we needed, we needed the idea of Sabbath, the idea of rest, and the idea of a break. And so he knows how important that is um, in our lives. But we also see that Jesus did certain things on the sabbath that other people didn't expect and other people didn't approve of you know so i think we have to kind of look at it on both sides we need sabbath but we also need that there's something rec- need to recognize that there are things it doesn't matter if it's sabbath you're going to do them anyway and so i think it, it it really recalls on that to to go together in that way so if you're a bivocational you may not really get to be, be thinking I don't get a Sabbath day. I work Monday through Friday. Saturday, I'm getting ready for Sunday. Sunday, I preach, and then I start it all over again. And I get it. I mean, you guys are doing an amazing job, and amazing, amazing work. And your Sabbath may it, it may be Sabbath moments, and you're you're going to have to take Sabbath moments. Maybe it's, you know, Saturday morning is my Sabbath moment, it, it, and you're going to have to maybe reframe it. I do Saturday mornings and Monday nights, so that's I put those together, and that's my that's my Sabbath but you're going to have to come up with some kind of way to maybe put some buffers in your life where you're not thinking constantly about work and what you're doing for work. So, you know, it it may involve kind of creating your own way through that.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, maybe I'm wrong. You guys can disagree with me, but for Dana and I, our Sabbath pretty much changes weekly and, but we have to schedule that. Um, and so, you know, and there are things that happen that come up that, that God has given you an opportunity to minister in that, um, that sometime pushes Sabbath away. And I know there are hardliners that say, no, I'm going to have boundaries and I'm going to set my Sabbath and, and nothing shall interfere with my Sabbath. But, Man, um, this past week, we had a lot of snow and ice here in Missouri, and we had a a couple of young um, students that were, one was killed in this car accident, the other is in ICU. And so the pastor that I know that was, you know, from their town, he would have liked to have had this day off, but he spent time at the hospital, you know, with this family. And, And I appreciate that, you know, and that that family needed him at that time.
0: Yeah. I think Trent, one of the cautions that I would just say is don't get so obsessed with the idea of my Sabbath time. um, That you forget why we're here and what we're called to do. And there are just times where you've got to remember that there are just bigger purposes and things that are more important and you might need to adjust. You know, you might recognize, look, it's going to be two weeks. I don't get a Sabbath. You know, um, I know pastors who, who have churches and they end up doing three, four or five funerals in a week's time. Mm-hmm. You're not getting a Sabbath on a week like that. You just you just got to be aware that so, there are certain times that that things happen and you've got to be able to, to push through and fight through. That's what we do in ministry. Mm-hmm. And. You know, remember, too, as far as you when you're thinking about your own discipline, also think about that from the from the mind of your volunteers. You know, if you've got volunteers who are who are you're asking them to do as much as you do. And in some cases on Sunday, when's their Sabbath? Right. Well, their Sabbath is Sunday. Not not really. Not if they're doing, Mm -hmm. you know, teaching a Sunday school class and coming back to deacons meeting and, and all these other kinds of things like that. They're not, they're not getting a Sabbath break in there either. And then you add in a church work day on Saturday, this and that, that might be their only day off. Just remember that your people are struggling with this issue too. And so those two cautions for me, you know, don't get, don't get over over consumed with yours and remember that your people struggle with theirs.
1: Yeah. And scripture is pretty obvious. that Jesus, I believe said that, that the, the Sabbath was created for us, not us for the Sabbath. And so, the Sabbath is for us to be able to rest. And just as Alan was saying, it may be, there may be seasons where we don't get a real Sabbath, but then schedule in time for yourself to have some time to rest. Uh, if you have a, a light week, even if you're bivocational, if you can go sit in a fishing boat for a, a couple hours, that could be a really awesome time of Sabbath, you know? Um, and so, just it's it's for you to be refreshed so that you can do the job that God has called you to do, and so that's what it's all about. And so the next one though, Alan, is the idea of solitude. Um, wow, I struggle with this. I'm <laughs> not good at it. Uh, but but the idea of being alone with God. Uh, have you ever been able to take some time just to be alone with God, Alan?
0: Uh, you know, there have been some wonderful times. I, um, when I was still pastoring every year, I took a sermon planning retreat, and that was just me and God, and it was a time alone. And it was work, but it wasn't work the whole time. And so a lot of that was just time for solitude. Um, I get a lot of um, solitude time, too. I think driving, you know, mm-hmm. you and I are in roles that require a lot of, a lot of windshield time. And so, um, you know, there are times I might turn everything off and just think or, or just really spend some time in reflection or something like that. There might even be times that I'm, I'm, I'm driving along and there may be other things going on and I'm not thinking about them at all, but I'm, I'm kind of in my own little solid world of, um, you know, bubble world there, so to speak. So. You know, I think a lot of it, too, is about where, where can you find time to get alone? And if you have a long commute, that really is a great time for some solitude every day.
1: Yeah. And, you know, as you were saying, we we're, we're spend a lot of time on our in our cars. In order for that to be time, I think that would be more of a solitude setting, turn your radio off, turn your phone off for just a little bit, you know, and... So that you can focus in and and let God speak to you. If if it's that still small voice, sometimes that's hard to overcome your radio that's blaring, you know, Fox News or whatever you listen to, um, or you know, or your phone going off all the time. And so, uh, it, it's important that you kind of give yourself that opportunity to hear from God and to be still uh that's that's kind of the next idea is the idea of stillness and uh, you know <laughs> can't necessarily do that while you're driving because you, you're you going but um maybe there's an hour where you could just go sit in a park um or uh, you know just go and be still you know be still and and let god be god and not you because you're not always doing taking care of it's like, God, I know you haven't really thought about this, but let me go fix this for you. you know, let God be God.
0: Yeah, I think there's. Uh, this is probably one that we don't talk about often enough is the idea of just sitting there and listening. I think that's the idea of stillness. You know, solitude might be more of that time where we're getting alone with more of a thought of, God, I need to share some things with you. You know, you may go on a walk. I mean, that's Mm -hmm. I found that actually working on sermons while I was walking, if I did some study and then go for a walk, I actually I think I became a better preacher. Mm -hmm. Um, Stillness, I think, is the opposite side of all of this. I think it's about sitting there and just listening Mm -hmm. and really not moving until God has has moved in your life. And I, I think that that's something that we don't take enough advantage of.
1: Uh, and this recently I've been, you know, reading through numbers and, and the Exodus and, and all the things that God was taking the Israelites through. And it, they kept getting in trouble, not trusting that God could actually do the things that needed to happen. and And so I think for me, for me personally, I need to be able to be still and trust God. That's my biggest struggle. Um, I'd like to say, oh, I'm a person of great faith. And there are times when I think I am, but on a daily basis, there are times when I just need to be reminded, God really is in charge and in control and able to do abundantly more than I can even ask or imagine. And so that takes for me, being that ADD kid, I need to be able to be still sometimes. So let's go on to the next one, Alan, which none of us likes to talk about, uh, the idea of fasting. Um, So how in the world, because we don't like to talk about it, because it sounds too much like Jenny Craig or something like that, you know. Um, Well,
0: you know, so I think there, there are two things that work in this one. The idea of fasting, first of all, you know, that we give up meals to focus on prayer. Um, and you know for me the challenge in fasting has always been to make sure i'm doing it at a time where i can actually give the time i'm missing a meal to prayer or to or to giving myself over to the lord and it's not just become a time where i'm missing a meal um because what what what's supposed to do is the hunger pains are supposed to drive you to remember that more important than food even is our relationship with christ and so that's kind of the idea behind the fast right Mm -hmm. but i also think that there's something to be said for what Dallas Willard calls the disciplines of abstinence. And, and that's maybe more where we get the idea, you know, we're in the season of Lent now and the idea of Lent, what am I giving up something that means a lot to me, but not just giving it up to give it up, but to give it up, to go up, so to speak, you know, I'm giving it up so I can grow spiritually. So it might be, you know what? I need to go through a time where I give up golf, um, to focus on some spiritual development. I'm going to take a class. Or, you know, I'm going to give this this hobby up for, for this amount of time. Or I'm going to give up my Tuesday night TV show that I love. And I'm going to spend time going to this class at my church. You know, things things like that. This, uh, this idea of I'm giving up something that I enjoy to do something that's even more beneficial.
1: Hmm. I love that you said that, giving up to go up. That is so good. Um, y'all should write that down if you're listening to this. But um, it, it really is, it, it can be a focusing time. Just as all these other things we've been talking about, Sabbath, solitude, stillness, fasting can be a time that focuses your attention. Um, we are so scattered anymore that we need to be focused. And maybe those hunger pains remind us of the song that says, as the deer pants for the water, so my soul longs after you, Lord. Um, you know, I, I need to be longing for something. I need to be forced to deny myself to follow Jesus. And, and so this is part of it.
0: Yeah, so the next one, Trent, has to do with the idea of prayer. And we're not talking about when you come into your service and you have, you know, Call on Deacon Jones to come do the prayer um, before the offering, and that you have six different prayers during your worship service. We're talking about really hey, where your people corporately come together and they're just praying. Um, we're talking about extended times of prayers. Jim Simbola, you know, has, has written a lot about that, and, um, and you know, fresh wind, fresh fire type type stuff. But this idea that Prayer is essential to the body of Christ. It's something that so many churches aren't taking advantage of, and yet the ones that are doing it have this just sense of purpose and passion that I think is refreshing.
1: Oh, yeah, I agree. And what's so exciting to me, Alan, is as just I was telling you before we started recording today, is that I'm seeing that prayer meetings, prayer, extended times of prayer, are gaining popularity and more and more people are coming and being involved. Sadly, it used to be that, you know, I would joke, hey, if you want to kill a ministry, call it a prayer meeting and nobody will show up. But yay, praise God, it's changing and people are, are getting involved in prayer and praying for God to move. Now
0: what was that old saying that, that prayer changes things because it changes me? Mm-hmm. And that's that's a powerful tool um, when you've experienced that God got at work in your life and that He is actually changing us from the inside out. Um, that's that's really powerful because I know I can talk about how everyone else needs to change, but it really does take an act of God to change me. So um, so true, and so this is something that you know, find that church in your area and reach out to us if you don't know one. We can give you the names of some. And invite that pastor to lunch, talk to them about their prayer ministry, um, you know, and they'll tell you, well, don't do it exactly like us, but this is what we do, mm-hmm. you know, and that's how those conversations often go. So similar to prayer, Trent, is this idea of worship. Now, I can hear a lot of guys going, well, we worship every week. What are you talking about? How could that be something that we're not doing? So what, what do you mean by that?
1: <laughs> yeah, and I man. Please forgive me. I don't want to be judgmental and harsh on this, but but guys, there's a whole lot of times that are called worship in our bulletins and, you know, whatever we put out, but it's rarely worshipful. Um, And so I would say that this is, you know, God, along with my prayer time, I just want to worship you. I just want to give praise and thanks of how amazing you are. And I think that starts individually before it goes and moves corporately.
0: Yeah, no doubt about that one. I think, um, you know, we were talking before we recorded about the entertainment value. And I think that the desire to merely entertain has diminished in, in our church cultures. I, and I'm grateful for that. We've kind of moved through this church growth movement where everything was about smoke machines and, and being hip, so to speak but i think if you listen to christian radio and stuff some of some of what we're doing today is so us focused it's just oh lord help me through this time oh lord where are you in this darkest hour of my life honestly it sounds like it was written by a bunch of teenagers who just experienced their first breakup and and i know that sounds callous and and empty but where are the songs that talk about who Jesus is? And where where's the heart of the one who's longing to know a holy God? And that's worship, that, that I'm entering the presence of the Almighty. And it doesn't have to just be about the songs, it's about our attitude, because it really doesn't matter what the songs are, it has more to do with me than it does with worship songs. But then we're also told that our whole life is to be an act of worship, that everything we do is to be worshipful, that everything I do is supposed to be reminded that I'm entering the presence of God so that when I go to to work on Monday and I head into the office, that I'm still standing on holy ground. That didn't stop on Sunday. And so everything that I'm supposed to do is is to be worshipful and worship-minded. And from the standpoint of recognizing that my job and how I do my job is an act of worship. How I love my family is an act of worship. How I treat my kids' coaches is an act of worship. All of these things become an act of worship when we understand that we are living life in the presence of God.
1: Mm, I love that. Yeah, it is supposed to be an all-of-life thing, and You know, what's the verse, Alan? That says that the beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. And, and I don't know that anybody seems to fear God anymore. And that to me is truly sad. Um, You know, I've been, like I said, I've been reading through um, the Bible and we've been recently gone through Leviticus and now in numbers uh, and um, wow. You want to be reminded of the holiness of God, um, read through the laws and the the offerings that were required. Uh, And it's not so much about, oh, and praise God, Alan, we didn't have to be the butchers who sacrificed the goats and the lambs and and everything. Um, But it's it's God has prescribed a way to come to him. And I think that even though Jesus has made it to where we don't have to offer those sacrifices, there is still a, a way that God wants us to come to him. And that has a lot to do with our hearts and, and our attitudes toward him and, and revering him and fearing him. And yes, he is love, but he is holy. And, and so I think we need to re-grasp that, and then a lot of that will happen in times of worship, or that will reflect in times of worship.
0: Yes, our God should put us in awe. And mm-hmm. somehow if we find him in awe, all these other things we've talked about, prayer, fasting, stillness, solitude, Sabbath, um, I think they, that's what actually will give them meaning when we have the right perspective on God. So in some ways, worship might be the primary beginning place Um, for all of these things um, to really find their true meaning and purpose in our life. So we've talked to you about those six things today, about these maybe unused disciplines. They're right there in the drawer. Just open the drawer, pull these things out, invite them into your life. And I think you will have some things that you need to help you and your ministry endure. And we're so grateful uh, to have you um, part of the Enduring Churches podcast. Um, you know, a couple of you have come to Trent and I over the last couple of weeks and said, this is part of your discipline every week that you listen to us. And we, we uh, just want to say thank you. We value you. And we hope that we are uh, giving you a, a, just a little extra step um, to go one more step. So anyway, we value you. Thanks for listening. And we look forward to catching you